And there came a day. A day unlike... Wait. No, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to Panelology Talks July 2021 Solicitations. I'm Alex. And I am Brian. How's it going, Brian? Uh, it's going okay. We're, uh, we're getting there. We are. Ever yeah. closer to the second half of 2021. What? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand the flow of time anymore, Brian. I don't know. I don't know. As we record this, I go to get my second shot tomorrow, so... Things are indeed proceeding. Yes, very good. Yeah. Then you get to enjoy that weird two-week period where you're like, will these two weeks just pass? Which is <laughs> the closest in my adult life I have ever felt like a kid counting down to Christmas. Fair enough. Like, it's not like I'm Then even... I can go do things. <laughs> and it's not like I'm doing demonstrably right more. Now. It's literally, then I can walk into the comic shop and... Go buy groceries in the daylight, like not a vampire. <laughs> like not a vampire. Very nice. Um, yeah. So, it's a fun, fun little waiting period there. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Indeed. But, I don't think anyone is here to hear us talk about that. No, they want to see, they want to hear us talk about the future. The future. Exactly. The future is, well, not now. No, the future July. is July. And we're going to start with Aftershock. We have two books from Aftershock this month. Brian, yes, tell me about Beyond the Breach, number one. Yeah, this is a new book by Ed Brisson. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites. I love Ed yeah. Brisson. Uh, art uh, is by uh, Damien Cusiero. I'm going to go with that name. Uh, pardons if I uh, slightly mispronounce. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is about... Um, this is a new uh, kind of post-apocalyptic. Somebody is going on a journey, and then something they call the breach occurs, and California is thrown into a nightmare world. And you know, it's she kinds of she. This person, Vanessa, kind of finds a new family in this dystopian fantasy thing, kind of that's happening, and you know, then they have to uh, get home or try to get home, or find a new home, or whatever all that entails. Nice. Yeah. How about Clans of Bellari, number one? Yeah, now this was, uh, this, uh, from just a uh, solicitation standpoint, a little bit more interesting. So this is Rob Blackie and Peter Blackie. Um, and if you don't know, they are the creators and writers for Netflix's um, uh, series Frontier, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're going to be writing this, and then the art on this is uh, Daniel Main. Um, and this is uh, this is an isolated sect of humans on a distant planet who have incredibly strict, um, like almost like a caste system. 
uh, where there are different clans and like clans do not mix and clans only do the job that they are, you know, that they do. You know, there's been some some YA stuff, and you know, that has this kind of theme, but this seems even more strict than that. Um, gotcha. And when an external threat to this society shows up, the question is then, what do you do in a society that doesn't ever mix or come together when you need to come together to defeat this external threat? That's a great question, huh? Mm -hmm. Sounds like something I wouldn't mind reading about. Yeah. Yeah. Over at Ahoy Comics, we have... What I am realizing as I think about saying these words out loud is a pun. <laughs> Blacksmith number one. Indeed. Uh, this follows Janie Strummer Jones, to quote the uh, uh, solicitation text, just an ordinary werewolf PI in LA. Uh, when a case falls into her lap, it's up to her and her assistant. To figure out how many silver bullets were used and where do silver bullets come from anyway? Maybe from a blacksmith. Yeah. See, I told you it was a pun. I know. Uh, this is written by Eric Palicki with art by Wendell Cavalcanti and covers by Liana Kangas, who I mentioned because I dig her work. Uh, and Ahoy puts out some fun stuff. So very excited for this. Yeah, this sounded like a like a clever little thing yeah werewolf pi is is a strong enough hook just on its own i think there you go over at boom we have mamo number one which is written and drawn by sauce millage i don't actually know sauce millage's work but the cover looked really cool i really like their art style so i'm i am definitely here to try this also boom's been knocking it out of the park lately. boom has been they have man boom has been amazing uh, so this is about a, a uh, the youngest in a long line of hedge witches named Orla O'Reilly, uh, who gets pulled back to her hometown after the death of her grandmother, Mamo, and has to sort of bridge the relationship between the townsfolk and the fae and deal with things like the seas becoming impossible to fish and the crops having soured. And uh, someone's attic being haunted by a poltergeist because Mamo's not there to to keep bridging this gap. So some fun magic, some legacy, maybe kind of like a YA vibe. Uh, Boom puts at the end of all their solicitations, this is for fans of blank and blank. Yeah. The two books this name drops are The Last Witch and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh boy. Man, Last Witch. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, um, and then it 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 ends on the idea that this is this is dealing with questions of how we reconcile our responsibilities with our dreams for our own future. The second of our two boom books for July is Dark Blood Number One. Yeah, you want to tell me about that, Brian? This is on my list too. Yeah, this is uh this is being written by Latoya Morgan, uh, and the artist is Walt Barna. Um, Latoya Morgan is a writer for, uh, she wrote some stuff for Walking Dead and also Into the Badlands, which cool. if you haven't watched Into the Badlands, it's, it's a, that's a pretty cool little show. Um, I've heard a lot of good about it. I have not gotten to check it out yet. Yeah. 
Uh, and this is a story about uh, the question that they pose is, you know, what if you had the power to change the course of history? And this so this is an alternate history book where in ni- Alabama in 1955, um, there is a young black man who, you know, went to World War Two, fought, uh, you know, uh, came home, got a job, provide for his family, like all of those things that somebody in the 50s should do. but something happens and he begins to gain abilities. Uh, and as it describes it, he begins to gain an abilities at a time when uh, someone of his you know, ethnic background is not, people don't want him to have power of any kind. So the question is, what do you do with that? Yeah, it almost yeah. it almost has just at a very like setup level, mm-hmm. kind of a Lovecraft Country vibe. It does, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like there's, I think I, I really get the feeling there's going to be more than this than just that premise of you know, um, uh, you know, a, a man of color in the fifties gets powers, right? Well, and again, Boom makes these comparisons to other books. Yeah, Department of Truth and Bitterroot. Yes, which I'm not sure you could pick two books I love more. <laughs> Maybe another combination of two I love as much, but. Those are two of the best books coming out right now. Like, if they're comparing it to those, yep. something's got to be right. Yeah. Moving over to Dark Horse, uh, I was surprised this wasn't on your list. I'm guessing you probably just missed it. Because it is, I believe this is an original graphic novel. I haven't seen this series solicited at all. I think it was just announced this week. Uh, you got me curious now. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. It is a horror comic. Okay. Written by Magdalene Visaggio. Oh, I did miss that. With art by Andrea Muti. Called Cold Bodies. Uh, It is a meta-horror homage, a 1980s meta-horror homage, uh, focusing how trauma affects victims of slashers and never leaves decades later. Uh, (laughs) It follows a woman named Denise, Denise Stokes, who was the only survivor of... The Winterman Massacre, in which several young adults were slaughtered by a powerful blizzard in Wisconsin. In the present day, uh, the world around her is obsessed with these murders. There is a popular film franchise called Snow Day that is responsible for that. And the anniversary of the killings is approaching. So that's sort of the setup for, for where this woman finds herself. And if you've ever seen horror. a sequel horror film, anniversaries of bad horror events are not good things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh I'm oh boy. I'm very excited for this. I think there have been like just a couple of panels teased on Twitter. It looks super cool. Yeah. Over at DC, uh a book that we talked about an episode or two ago yeah. existing. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number one. This is written by, I don't know, some guy named Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor, whoever that is. That's that guy who did Batman, right? Sure. Batman the Detective, out now. (laughs) Uh, With art by John Timms. Yeah. Brian, tell me about this book. So this is, um, if you've read Legion of Superheroes or, or pretty much any of the stuff that Tom Taylor had, jonathan kent in um 
that involved him dealing with the Legion of Superheroes. You know that they have always been rather coy about the fact that there is some event that happens, you know, back in the in, in John's native time, um, that they won't reveal anything about to him. Right. Uh, and um, signs are starting to show that it may be approaching soon. And of course, that I'm sure that's what this is going to deal with. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we we know a little bit here, right? We've seen some yeah. of this set up in in Superman and Action we Comics. Have. We have, um, and we know that Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's been knocking it out of the park, is staying on Action and continuing to follow Clark there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm super excited to have Tom Taylor on this book. I love the way he writes Jonathan in Deceased. I do too, and I think this is going to be truly spectacular yeah i'm i'm quite excited about this as if that's not enough we also get uh we also get um something a backup sale called the tales of metropolis which is going to involve uh jimmy olsen and he's putting together a band of misfits which includes gangbuster and ambush bug yeah this is this is continuing the backup that we've seen playing out in superman uh, starting back in March. Yep, exactly. Then we have a book that I'm just so excited for. Oh my god. Superman and the Authority, number one of four, written by Grant Morrison with art by Mikel Hanin. I cannot wait for this. This is just, like, this just gives me tingles thinking about it. It... I mean, it's going to be incredible. Uh, uh, this is where I have committed the the bad podcasting sin of, I didn't read the solicitation. I saw the book and the creative team, and that's it. Yeah. Um, well, so, I, uh, yeah. Uh, all, I think it's enough to just say that Clark Kent seeks out Manchester Black, and that's, that's pretty much all yeah. you got to know right there. Expressly to form an all-new authority. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I am going to mention one other thing here. The Ultra Humanite is apparently the bad guy here, forming his own team to take down <laughs> Superman. Yes. I am yes. always here for some Ultra Humanite Indeed. shenanigans. How about that Batman Catwoman special, Brian? Uh, yeah, this, uh, this is some, some new upstart named Tom King is writing that. And, uh, you know, it, it I don't. I don't even need to say it. Like it's it's more Batman Catwoman from Tom King. Yeah, just get it and be happy. <laughs> Art, by the way, is by uh, John Paul Leon. So the uh, late John Paul Leon. Yeah, which was some sad news this past week. Very definitely. Uh, also at DC, we have a new horror imprint. Uh, uh, which I mean, my my take on it is this: right, we had Vertigo, and Vertigo kind of went away we got black label all the imprints folded into black label and i think probably between sort of that that restructuring of their imprints and then also the restructuring we saw after at&t laid off a lot of people the restructuring we saw that led to marie javens coming in as editor-in-chief this feels like a point where maybe they're starting to expand a little bit and bring some of those projects back or start doing those kind of projects again so DC Horror is a new imprint from DC. I imagine still under Black Label, if I had to guess. I would guess so, but yeah. Uh, and it's its first release, so far the only release it has announced, is a tie-in to The Conjuring 3, 
called The Conjuring the Lover, number one and number two. Yeah, and this is actually written by um, uh, uh, um, David L. Johnson McGoldrick and Rex Ogle. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely uh, uh, has the has the chops to be something something really really um, terrifying. Quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, the main story art is by Gary Brown. Um, but yeah, this is a a girl who super super ordinary. She is going back to the second half of her freshman year at college. Um, and, you know, didn't have great grades her first semester and, you know, uh, had a relationship with a boy that, you know, maybe she's not necessarily happy she decided to have. And, you know, just like normal kinds of uh, college things. And yeah. um, as it describes it, realizes that she has been targeted by evil. Mm. That just... Ah, that just sticks you <laughs> sticks you right in the uh oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be very cool. I think so. I think so. Uh something we have talked about a while. I feel like I've been waiting on a while. Uh a lot of people feel that way. Uh announced back at DC Fandom last year. Uh originally actually announced as digital first and then uh, a trade collection after that, then they changed those plans, so it's going to be same-day physical release and digital release. Yep. Uh, a pair of series. The first is... I'm talking about their milestone imprint. Uh, the first is Static, Season 1. Uh, written by Vita Ayala. Layouts by Chris Cross. Finishes by Nicholas Draper Ivy. I think we have made very clear how much we love Vita Ayala and their work. <laughs> Indeed. They are an incredible choice for this book. And the couple of teases we've gotten in that Milestone Returns one shot have me so, so excited for what we're going to get here. I think Nicholas Draper Ivy is probably a newer name for a lot of people. I mean, Crisscross has been around for forever. He's an a original. While, yeah. Original Milestone founder worked on original Static Shock, as I understand. Um, Nicholas Draper Ivy, I followed on Twitter as soon as he was announced for this project because when they announced the project, they showed a lot of his character designs. Mm -hmm. This guy's incredible. His art is gorgeous. I like. I'd, I'd read the book on Vita Ayala's name alone, but. This guy is a powerhouse and is gonna be everywhere. Uh, I, I'm not sure there is another book this year I am more excited for than this book. Very cool. Uh, and it's worth noting, the July solicitations mention issue number one will be out in June. Uh, June 15th. Yeah, I, th I think my guess would be they were able to pull this forward a little bit maybe yeah i think i think the print release was always gonna well yeah i i think they've had to do some shuffling right that was um, my, that's kind of my yeah. point right yeah yeah uh then the july issue will be out july 20th super excited for this uh it's been a long time since we've had milestone in dc we haven't had a static comic since the beginning of the new 52 Definitely, like, if you grew up on the cartoon or even are curious, I'd say check this one out, because 
it deserves support. Uh, the other milestone book in July is Icon and Rocket. Uh, these are characters I don't know as well. Uh, really, most of what I know, I know from that Milestone Returns preview. It's written by Reginald Hudlin, who's one of the original Milestone guys, and also has done a lot of TV and film work. You probably don't realize how everywhere Reginald Hudlin is. I was rewatching Psych last year, mm-hmm. and he's directed episodes of Psych. There you go. Um, he's worked in film and TV. He's written Black Panther. Uh, he's been everywhere. Art is by Dr- Doug Braithwaite, who's a uh, recognizable name in comics. Inks by Andrew Curry. The the general setup here, if you're not familiar, and again, I wasn't either. Icon is an alien named Arnus who was stranded on Earth and has like given up on returning home. He's also realized Earth is beyond saving, so he kind of just is biding his time wasting away in Margaritaville. By which I mean on Earth. And then a young woman named Raquel Evan shows up in his life. She's, I believe, one of his neighbors. Finds out he's an alien. Becomes his sidekick, Rocket. And in this story, the two of them set off uh, after she asks the question, why can't we do something about the drugs on my corner? And end up in this, like, globe-trotting adventure chased by uh, threats both terrestrial and extraterrestrial. The again, like the little taste of this in Milestone Returns made me so excited for what this series could be. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. It sounds very, yeah. very cool. Um, I know I'm kind of like gushing about these books based on just a little bit, but these are series that a lot of people are excited for. And yeah. I'm pretty sure as long as I've been reading comics, well, two things. One, as long as I've been reading comics, like there have been calls for where, why is there not more of this? Uh, but also this milestone relaunch has been going on in the works in one way, shape or form for about six years now. This is something that's taken a while to get off the ground. Uh, and it's something they want to get right because Dwayne McDuffie was also a big part of milestone. And after he passed away, about a decade ago, uh, there was some question of whether or not it could even continue without him. So, uh, it's a big deal that this is coming back, and I think it's super exciting comic storytelling. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, they are bringing back the Batman Secret Files title, which we saw uh, as some one-shots recently during the Tom King run. Yep. Uh, and are positioning each of these as one-shots about different characters. There are two announced in July. I believe we'll see more going on indefinitely through the future. I would expect it. Uh, But the first two of these are about Huntress and The Signal. Yeah, Huntress is is, uh, Helena Bertinelli. Uh, It's going to be written by Mariko Tamaki, which is I'm super excited about. And the art is uh, David Lapham. Uh, and yeah, this is, um, you know, just a, hopefully a good, good Huntress story of her hunting down, um, you know, people that she kind of feels that maybe the, the Bat family hasn't really dealt with and need to be dealt with. That should be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have The Signal, which is written by Tony Patrick with art by Christian Deuce. And this is very much about... Signal sort of finishing up his time on The Outsiders and returning to Gotham. Uh, Tony Patrick, I believe, was 
uh, Scott Snyder's co-writer on the three-issue Signal miniseries a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. That really established Duke as the Signal and explained his power set and sort of his role as the daytime protector of Gotham. Right. Uh, a status quo we haven't actually gotten to see explored much, so I'm glad we're finally going to get to see that pay off. You know, the, the you know, third shift in, in Gotham, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Burning that midday oil. Exactly. Okay, Brian. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I actually didn't have this marked as on my list, even though it's How in my notes. How the hell did I just, you not I was, have this I was, marked, sir? I was rushing these show notes very much. Um, All I have to do is say the title, which is Blue and Gold number one. Everybody who is a DC fan of these characters already knows who it is. Yes. <laughs> um, do you think this becomes the origin of Gold Beetle? I can only dream that it is. <laughs> How can I sweeten the pot more, I wonder to myself. <sighs> Dangle that over, Brian. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have art by Ryan Sook. That would help. Actually, that's a damn good answer, huh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dan Jurgens is going to be writing this. I, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's of course, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, and I, yeah. Yeah. That's all I need. Eight issue miniseries. Yes, can't wait, can't wait. How about Justice League Infinity number one? Uh, this is written by uh, J.M. DeMatteis and James Tucker, with art by Ethan Beavers. Um, and this is um kind of the the, the idea is while um there there's somebody out wandering the universe searching for their true purpose. Uh, they don't tell us who it is. Um, but while they're doing this, uh, the 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 weight of the weight and power of apocalypse comes to Earth, and the question is, uh, the question that they pose is, who can destroy the Justice League? So this is super big, bombastic, uh, universe-spanning threats. You know, big Avengers Justice League story, and yeah. Did we mention that this is in the continuity of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited? I did not. We should do that, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're burying the lead a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Well, um, our next book, Jim Neighbor's favorite, <laughs> Shazam! Number one. Yes. yes. Uh, this is a miniseries, right? I did not... I. I put this in it, my list of stuff to buy. I didn't copy and paste this one. It absolutely has. I, I did. It does not list it as a... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It does. One of four. It is okay. a... Yeah, they do, they do actually list it as... I, I knew it was. I knew it had to be, but yeah. yeah. Uh, this is... As we know, Shazam is a key figure in everything going on with Titans Academy. Mm-hmm. And the future of the DC Universe that we saw in Future State. So this is putting Shazam in that spotlight, very much in that context. Yeah, the, given where he's at right now in the DC universe, I'm I'm super excited to hear more about how he, you know, either what happens to him or how he gets in the position he's in or any of that. Right, and I did not miss anything in DC, correct? You did not. That's that's all. I mean, you know, it was only like twelve books that we talked about <laughs> from DC, but yeah. Then let us turn our attention to IDW and Bermuda, number one of four. Uh, John Lehman is one of those writers, if he puts something out, I'll at least try the first issue. 
Uh, and he is writing Bermuda with art by Nick Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about a young girl named Bermuda in this mysterious area of the Atlantic Ocean. I imagine it's triangular in shape. Probably. Uh, where things go when they disappear. Not just into that area. The The fiction here is that, like, or the concept here is that, like, anything that disappears ends up in the Bermuda Triangle. You know, I I did see this, and something occurred to me when, when I read this, uh, about this book. And that is, how prevalent or, um kind of in the in the zeitgeist of of people is the bermuda triangle now that's a good question i i feel like it could easily be one of those things that that has phased out has faded out like i, I mean it was huge when i was a kid i feel like it was a big part of cartoons when i was a kid but i also watched a lot of older cartoons cuz my mother loved cartoons yeah. and we tended to watch a lot of like Scooby Doo from when she was a kid. Oh sure, sure. So I I don't actually know. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but any, I mean, yeah, like I said, it just occurred to me that I don't, I don't, I don't know how in the in the mindset people are for yeah. for Bermuda Triangle now. Um, but Bermuda lives in the triangle. She's sixteen and scrappy and. Uh, to, to borrow the phrase from the solicitation, living on this insane and wondrous jungle island. And then uh, a new weird kid washes up on shore and drags her along in a perilous rescue mission. I think what I love the most about this, I did read this, and I'm honestly, I'm not sure why I didn't add it to my list. I probably should have. Is that it you know it it comes with the idea that she's on this crazy insane place right and like but that's all she knows that's her home and this kid who wants to rescue them both from the you know from the lost bermuda triangle like that's like the most dangerous thing to her yeah <laughs> <laughs> that just I, I love that kind of juxtaposition there that's yeah good. that's that's super cool over at image uh the first book here is yes brian i was gonna say i did see this and not sure i i i very very much contemplated putting this mostly it's because i i god i, I can't keep buying everything <laughs> Yes, but it's only three issues. Ah, I thanks, Alex. You're, so... You're welcome. Damn it, backlogger. Um, no, this we... is a front logger. <laughs> yeah, that's just a logger, my dude. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the the reason we are kind of uh surprised by this one is one of the writers on yes. this book. Uh, this is co-written. And the concept is developed by Emilia Clark, one Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Uh, with Isabel Richardson and Marguerite Bennett. Uh, Marguerite Bennett, like, for most things, is going to make it an auto-buy for us anyway. So yeah. I feel like I feel like you get kind of both sides of the coin here. You get the, all right, here is a cool human writing comics for the first time. Yes. Because I feel like Amelia Clark is one of those people that the more you learn about her, the cooler she is. Uh, and then you've got Marguerite Bennett, who's like super dependable, reliable, a great writer. So like, yeah, like put the two of stuff. them together, and I feel like you're going to get something really cool. 
I think you probably will. And it, it, this kind of sums up. I, you know, we talked earlier about like you know some of the horror stuff with DC and a couple of the other books that I love that comics and you know the the industry is not afraid to let people from outside of the industry come in and and do things. Yeah. I think uh, like right. I think it's happening a lot right now, and I think that's really kind of exciting. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I should name the artist on the book. The artist is Layla Lays. Uh, and this is... <laughs> I, I read an interview with Amelia Clark about the ideas behind this, and basically, like, her brothers were super into comics and stuff, and she was not really allowed to be. Like, they would not let her go into the comic shop with them and participate in this. And so that sort of becomes this through line to this idea of, like, a mom who's a superhero in her spare time. Um, I'm not sure we've said the name of the book yet It's called M.O.M. Mother of Madness Yes Uh, There we go We we buried the lead again, Brian Number one of three We're really actually pretty good at that But, you know We are We we get around to it We we get to it Look, we we got excited Um, The solicitation name drops Deadpool and Fleabag Yes As as sort of... uh, touchstones for this yeah i mean it sounds it sounds crazy yeah uh yeah. there are preview pages out there the art looks super cool i i mean at the very least i think this is going to be something fun and different but i would not be surprised if this really delivers too yeah i bet i know something else you think is going to deliver too uh i bet you do since you're looking at the same show notes <laughs> i am <laughs> uh that would be chew number six i don't need to say a lot about this uh nope. The main reason I mention this uh, is because this Chu series, CHU, about Tony Chu's sister, Saffron, is being written basically in arcs annually. So we got one through five last year. It wrapped up. Instead of releasing, like, Chu 2, Chu Chewy 2 Chu. Now you're going straight into Dr. Seuss territory, man. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but somehow plausible for this book, which is just part of its charm. Uh, instead of being a new series, it's just picking up with a number six, kind of the same thing Wind is doing, right? Very nice, yep. So, it's back, we get another five-issue arc, and then it'll disappear like Brigadoon for another year. Brigachoon. Wow. Tell me about Ordinary Gods, Brian, and I will shut up. (laughs) Uh, This is a new series from Kyle Higgins. Uh, That's exciting enough right there. Uh, The artist on this is uh, Felipe Watanabe. So, um, super. It is described as, uh, for people who are fans of the Old Guard or God Country, uh, so, like, they're pretty much front-loading it with uh, reasons to to pay attention to it. But yeah, this is about five gods from a realm beyond our realm. Um, They are described as the luminary, the prodigy, the brute, the trickster, the innovator. Uh, And, you know, well, I guess I should say they were gods before they got trapped here on our planet and uh, are now in an endless cycle of kind of reincarnation. So think... um, Wicked and divine, but like trapped and don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Wicked and divine space alien groundhog day. Sure, yeah, they're perfect. I love it. I love it. Um, and you know, we get a person who his name is Christopher, who's 
you know, 22, got parents, a younger sister, works at a paint store. Oh, yeah, by the way, and he's one of these five. So, you know, <laughs> like, it's just, it just sounds like a really, really cool setup for a lot of character insight work. And I can't wait. Nice. Over at Marvel, we have Amazing Fantasy number one of five. This is written and drawn by Kari Andrews. And I think it's a cool concept. It's a sort of of out-of-time series uh, where Black Widow, Spider-Man, and Captain America have to team up in an island of intrigue, fantasy, what have you. But they don't know, like, are they dead? Are they dreaming? Are they on a parallel reality? But here's the catch. These are sort of the most recognizable versions of each of these characters. It's Red Room Black Widow, Teenage Peter Parker Spider-Man, and Cap from World War II era. So you get these sort of like... Touchstone. Yeah, these sort of touchstone versions thrown together in this way you wouldn't normally get to see. Kari Andrews wrote and drew Iron Fist the Living Weapon and then wrote the follow-up Iron Fists, which are actually two of my favorite Iron Fist books. Um, I'm also the weirdo who mostly likes Spider-Man Reign. <laughs> so I am very here for this. Very good. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man... Oh, boy. From Nick Spencer, we have Sinister War, number one and number two of four. Oh, see, I thought you were just going to say from Nick Spencer, we have so many spiders. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Nick Spencer, All the spiders. <laughs> Nick Spencer has his eyes on Krakoa and is thinking, I can write this many issues by myself. <laughs> Make more spiders. <laughs> that was Dan Slott in Spider-Verse. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Oh. Oh. Um, so, this is kind of like... Uh, Kind of like we actually saw with Spider-Verse, or like we've seen with with Last Remnants-ish. Where you have the Spider-Man issues, but you also have the event issues. In this case, the event issues are their own mini-event series. Uh, This is about the war between the Savage Six, uh, which is the Sinister Six equivalent we've seen so far in Nick Spencer's run. Like, the team who we saw the Vulture lead. During mm-hmm. the Craven story. Versus the classic OG Doc Ock Sinister Six roster. Yeah. Uh, and these two teams are at war with each other. Brian, do you remember, and I'm reminding everyone of a called shot I made a long time ago now. Yep. Do you remember what I said when I read the first issue of Nick Spencer's Spider-Man run? That um he's going to bring back the Sinister Six and Spider-Man's going to have to be on one of them. I was going to say, that Spider-Man would join the Boomerang's Sinister Six? Yeah, yeah. I fully expect that to come to fruition over the course of this event. I mean, at at this point, you're, 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 you're 85% of the <laughs> way home right now, so yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I, if I called it's, this it's one... A, it's a much safer called shot now than it was then, I'll say that. <laughs> if I called this one 80 or so issues of comic early, though, I'm... That's going to be a new record for me. <laughs> pretty good, sir. Pretty good. Um, 
for real though we have 10 issues of spider-man from nick spencer in 12 weeks i i do not understand how how Oof. he writes this book at this pace oh my gosh uh also at marvel brian yes. uh this i think will be a sleeper release it's a title not a lot of people are familiar with i don't and i think it snuck up on a lot of people too yeah well there's really yeah. really no media focus or presence on this book at all let's say the last two years well but i mean it's one of those books that you know like it comes at the end of the alphabet and like so you know by that time people are just kind of yeah yeah Um, no it's it's x-men number one (laughs) x-men number one yeah uh jerry duggan uh art pepe laraz and uh i i i love how they phrased this in the solicitation yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was really, it's like, uh, so I'll just, I'll just read. Things might be complicated between the nation of Krakoa and the rest of the world, but to the X-Men, things are simple. You do what's right. You fight to protect the planet and, you know, keep people safe. That's it. And that's exactly pretty much what we saw Cyclops and, and Jean do with the council when right. they, when they said, yeah, no, we just need to do what's right. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, very excited. That moment is the most I've ever liked Scott Summers, and I'm glad <laughs> that that's the ethos going into this book. Yeah. Uh, and if you're sitting here wondering, but what about Jonathan Hickman? Jonathan Hickman has another X-Men book. I am assuming that will get announced in August solicitations. Yeah, because he's not doing anything with any X-Books. No, uh-uh, yeah. no, sure. He's, he's <laughs> not going anywhere. Uh, one last Marvel title. Yes. Uh, we know I'm not excited about this. It's not one of my favorite Marvel characters. Nope. Moon Knight number one. <sighs> Written by old... Jed McKay. Art by Alessandro Capuccio. Uh, this deals with Moon Knight sort of picking up the pieces of having uh, betrayed and helped take down Khonshu. He yep. is running the Midnight Mission and dealing with protecting the denizens of the night on his own. I love this this situation they've put Mark Spector in. Yeah, and yeah. I think Jed McKay's a really great pick to write this book. I agree, I agree. Um, I, I think it was one of the episodes JD joined us for, but uh, Jed McKay wrote the King and Black Spider-Man one-shot, and I said then that, like, if that was his audition to be the next Spider-Man writer... As far as I'm concerned, when Nick Spencer is done, Jed McKay can be next in line. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like to write a good Moon Knight, you need a lot of the same skills you need to write a good Spider-Man. Like, there's a certain balance you have to have in not yeah. taking yourself too seriously. Well, and it's, it's very, very easy to go overboard. A, a lot like, same, same thing with uh, um, Daredevil, right? It's right. really easy to fall so deep into the pathos that it's you, you kind of lose people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm here for this. The little bit of art we've seen also looks fantastic. Yeah. Over at Titan Horizon Zero Dawn Liberation Number One. This is another. I'm I'm going to call it a mini series. It's not solicited explicitly as a mini series. Uh, but it does call it a second arc. Yeah, it's definitely a miniseries. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe on that whole annual arc schedule that we've talked about already. But sure. 
also Horizon Forbidden West isn't going to be that long after this. Like, they're not going to release another one under the name Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Like, just just guessing. They even mention Horizon Forbidden West in the solicitation copy. But uh, this one will follow Aloy and Erend. The first one didn't follow Aloy very much. So if you want some Aloy, here is where to get some Aloy. Yeah, and you enjoyed the first one of these, didn't you? I did. I really liked it. I Oh, I'm blanking on the name of the character it followed. The head of the hunting lodge. Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I yeah. can't. Yeah, it's I'm, out of my I'm, head. I'm blanking. Uh, but yeah, I really dug the first one. Uh, this is written by Ben McCaw and Tool. The artist is Elmer Damaso. And Tool, I should mention, is one of the writers for the game. She also was one of the writers on the first Horizon Zero Dawn comic series. Or first arc. However you want to call it. So, I think that's part of why it feels so much like the game. It's one of the writers. Excellent. Also from Titan, also video game related. Yes. Life is Strange, Coming Home number one. Yeah, this is uh, more Emma Viacelli, and the artists are Claudia Leonardi and Andrea Izzo. Um, the first two the first two arcs of this, much, much like Horizon Zero Dawn, they're kind of doing these in, in short bursty arcs um were really really good um the first one in particular was a phenomenal kind of follow-up to the game um and this is just kind of continuing that story um and you know they they also mentioned you know that the game is getting a remaster uh, of the original game is coming this fall so oh yeah uh, that's right yeah uh by the way phenomenal game if you've never played it um really really cool great character work and the co- the comic feels just like the game it is the characters are so so good and so true to to what you found there so i loved it awesome yeah over valiant ninjack number 1 uh ninjack is one of those characters who i've always kind of wanted to get into but just always have sort of missed the on ramp for yep um, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a Ninjak series, so I'm going to give this one a go. Also, I've had really good luck with Valiant the last couple of years. There you go. Uh, but on top of that, this is written by Jeff Parker with art by Javier Pulido. Oh, well. I love both of these guys. I've actually seen some preview pages already for this. It looks incredible. Ninjak is like a super spy assassin. Uh... And in this series, like, he's thrown into the spotlight. He's been exposed. He's got a target on his back. So I'm I'm really interested to see what this series is. Think think Black Widow, National Hero. Right? <laughs> like... Yeah, and, like, I feel like the little bits of Ninjak I have had experience with mm-hmm. tend to keep a pretty strong humor element to them. So, and with Jeff Parker on this, like, I yeah. think that's very much on the, I mean, Jeff Parker, uh, Batman 66 comics, Jeff Parker did some of Future Quest, didn't he? I believe so, yes. Um, wrote some Aquaman that I really dig. Like, he, he is around, I think, maybe more than he gets credit for, and really writes some solid stuff. Yeah. Javier Polito, if you haven't read the, the She-Hulk run with Charles Soule. Go ahead and give that a read. Mm. And finally, from Vault, the last book we will mention in Solicitations. Well, it's the last one we need to mention, right? And that's because it is 
the last book you'll ever read. Number one. Uh, by that Colin number, Bunn. That, that number I mean, one kind of undercuts the momentum of the title. Uh, it really it. does. Yes, it, the last like, book you'll read. Number five. Also, <laughs> Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> the finalist fantasy. The final Final Fantasy, yes. <laughs> I do. Yeah, this is going to be uh, have much more of an impact when it's the trade and it's just called <laughs> the last book you'll ever read, right? Volume one. <laughs> Uh, this is written by Colin Bunn, which, you know, with a name like that, who else is going to be, right? Yeah. Well, I believe uh, art... this is even an adaptation of a novel. I think so. I believe yeah. it is, yeah. Uh, and the art on this is uh, Layla Lees. Um, this is, uh, this the the solicitation for this is a really, really cool read. Like, I absolutely think this is phenomenal work for a setup for a story. And it is... Um, there's a person who has written a a book called Seder that um, talks about that that's kind of a prophecy of the coming collapse of human civilization uh, because of something that's kind of buried as it describes buried in our genes. But like she knows the truth and she's written this book and it's now getting blamed for like violence and bloodshed that's happening around the world. Um, and so because of this, her life's in danger and she hires a bodyguard to protect her. But her one stipulation is that he's not allowed to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I like, Oh, now what? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, just to find out what the hell this book's about, right? That that alone is worth yeah. the, the price of entry here, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this should be really, really good. Yeah. And I think that's everything. That's July, everybody. How did we used to do these as part of a regular episode? Oh my god. Uh, p- very painfully, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, very painfully. I don't know. I like that we get to take more time with them now. Hopefully people yeah. listening at home feel the same way. Uh, if not, too bad. We're gonna keep doing it like this. Yeah. It, well, I, I mean, I think it's super easy for folks at home if they're, you know, if they, if they're behind and they want to try to catch up fast. This is something you can probably uh, skim through or skip over, and then you know. But you know, if not, then you could find out what's coming up. Yeah, I love it. I, I like how we're doing it now. Yeah. I would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We are a member of the Certain POV Network, and if you're looking for other cool podcasts about popular culture, go to certainpov.com. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com, support us at patreon.com slash panelology, get merch at bit.ly slash panelologymerch, capital P, capital M, or send us your questions, comments, or whatever at bit.ly slash panelologymailbag. Capital P, capital M. I'm Alex. And I am Brian. Alex, you know what you should do in July? Go read comics. Go read comics. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.